Uh, okay. I'm on. I'm on. Okay. Sorry. Did you all catch that? It looked like the kids did anyway, so they knew where to go. <laughs> all right. All right. Hey, Happy New Year, everybody. 2023. Are you excited for a new year? Did anybody feel like you didn't finish with the last year? I, I mean, there's nothing we could do about it. It's here. Uh, and, and this is that time of year where, you know, a lot of you are thinking, you know, uh, what was good about last year, and so you look back, and then you look look ahead, and you think, well, yeah, how, how do I want to do things different? You know, what are some things that that I could add? H- have you wondered? And matter matter of fact, earlier this week, I was challenged. Someone said, you know, what is it that God's doing? You know, can you can you look back and know some specific things that God is doing in the world, in, in the midst of even the the difficulties, the troubles. And, and, and see, hey, because, because this fact is, is just absolutely true, the fact that, that God is working. He, he's working. Whether you're going to be involved in it or not, God is going in a direction and a purpose, and, and he continues to work in this world. And so, boy, I, I want some clarity. I want to be looking and watching for God and what he's doing. And matter of fact, anxious to see what God is going to do in, in the next few days, weeks, months, and in this next year. You know, is this the year that Jesus comes? Uh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> That's a right response, you know, uh, to, to say that God's going to end all the misery and ugliness and evil of this world. Uh, is, is, man, and, and what he has in store for those who are in Christ, oh, man, it, it is something uh, special something to be anticipating. And so the church ought to be ready and anticipating uh, Jesus' return. Anyway, uh, this morning, I-, I wanted us to to take some time. Well, first of all, I want us to pray. I, I, th- I thought if I did anything this morning, uh, we had this opportunity to-, to-, to worship together. Boy, that's a great start for the new year. Uh, we celebrate last night the coming of the new year. But, but coming together and being able to worship in that new year, what a great way to begin 2023. So I'm so thankful you're here. Let's pray uh, for not only the service, but, but oh man, for God uh, to be glorified in this year and, and for us to, to have our eyes wide open to see what he's doing. And, and God use us. How about that? Let's, let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you as we gather together today. Lord, we give you praise for every day that you give us. Lord, you gave us another year. And uh, that comes with your mercy, your patience. And, And Lord, that gives us opportunity for more and more people to come to know you. And it gives us an opportunity to grow into this relationship that you've given us through Jesus. We pray, Father... That as we begin this year, uh, and, and even as I have opportunity to preach, Lord, that you strengthen our direction. Help us, Father, to see and, and not only how you are working in this world, Lord, but we want you to use us. So we pray as Jesus taught, may your kingdom come, may your will be done. 
May that be on our hearts and minds and, and the thinking as we advance into this year. God, for your will to be done. May it be done in our lives and our hearts. May it be done uh, in, in our neighborhoods and throughout this community, throughout this nation, throughout the world. God, we praise you and thank you for your ever-presence. And, and Lord, we ask that you guide us uh, through your word this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Earlier this year, we, uh, we finally created that, that uh, list of, of doctrine, uh, of tenets of, of our beliefs, that, uh, uh, and we put it down on paper. We thought that was important for, especially anybody who's checking out the church. Matter of fact, I printed some extras and put back there. So if, if you're new to the church in, in the past uh, maybe weeks or months, uh, we've, we've got a list back there that just kind of identifies those things that, that we feel, uh, no, that, that we know that we, we stand upon, okay? These are the truths that, so you know where we're coming from. And the first item, I, I wanted to focus on the first item because, uh, you know, here it is, it is a standalone sermon. Uh, next week, we're, we're going to begin in 2 Peter. Uh, we're going to walk through that 2 Peter. I did 1 Peter uh, and then we went into Christmas, and now we're going to do Second Peter in the in the weeks to follow. Uh, but the first uh, tenet or the first one listed in those beliefs is this: It says Scripture is the inspired, true Word of God, and the only source of the Church's authority. This is what we believe: that we believe that the 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 scripture, the Bible that we have is the inspired true word of God, and it is the only source of the church's authority. I, some of you have been with us for a long time, uh, and, and some of you are brand new to the church and, and maybe just visiting today, but I, I, wanna, I, I think it's important that we begin here in this 2023 is I want to talk through this statement, uh, break it into, into two uh, Two places where we're going to identify, you know, the importance of the word, but also uh, to focus on on the power of that word. Uh, so, first of all, in, in the focus and why we focus, why we establish it as as such a foundation, the first part of that statement says the scripture is the inspired uh, is the inspired true word of God. That 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 is where we stand. Scripture itself speaks on its behalf. In 2 Timothy, one of those verses that's listed there, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. I think it's, as I was looking over it again this morning, I thought, you know, within context, I want you to know that Paul is talking to Timothy here. I understand this. Timothy is that young, uh, uh, young man who's being mentored by Paul or discipled by Paul. And, and uh, it, it looks obvious that Timothy's already been involved in a lot of Paul's ministry. You can read it in his other letters where Timothy is, is moving uh, or, or delivering uh, things or even going to churches to be an encourager and things like that. So, so here's this young man. And matter of fact, he identifies him, gives us an idea a little bit more about who he is. In 15 it says, uh, How from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So we know that it was, it was uh, uh, Timothy's grandmother and mother who, who were significant in, in Timothy's life of faith 
that because as he grew up, he knew the scriptures. And it came, came in within his household. And, and then Paul says this concerning the scriptures that introduced him, that brought him into this salvation. And in verse 16, it says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Throughout this morning, I, I want to break that down. But the beginning, here's what, the, what Paul says about Scripture. He says that all Scripture is God-breathed. All Scripture is God-breathed. And, and therefore, what does that mean? Well, it, it means that it is inspired and directed through God's Spirit. We call it the Bible. We also call it God's Word. We believe what we have in our hands and what we have so, so well uh, uh, in, in our grasp is the very words of God. That makes it absolutely significant. We believe it's inerrant, the way it's been created. Matter of fact, I, I, I got to tell you, we have such a great foundation to stand upon when it comes to the Scriptures. Such a great foundation to stand upon. Uh, when it comes to the Bible that we've been given. And, and I just want to give you just a, a few items. There's so, so uh, many things that we could discuss when it comes to you know, the foundation that we stand upon. But here's, here's a few things that, that uh, uh, perhaps you've heard. This is such a unique book. That there is no, no historical book that could even compare with the Bible. And here's why. This, this Bible was written over a 1,600-year span. Uh, over a 1,600-year span. That's, that's like 60 generations. Uh, it had over 40 authors. They were kings and servants and philosophers. There's fishermen, tax collector. There's, there's a doctor. There's, there's poets. Uh, so it's, it's, it, it, it's just a, a variety of, of different people who have uh, written the pages that we have. Uh, it's written in the wilderness, it's written, written in dungeons, or, or in prison, or, or even in, in the midst of traveling and it, through some of the worst conditions. Uh, it, it was written in over three continents, uh, Africa, uh, let me see, Asia, and, and Europe. Uh, it is written in three different languages. It's written in, in Hebrew, Aramaic, and in Greek. Uh, it, it, what, what other you know, book do we have that compare with the scriptures we have? Um, it, is, it is a wonderful continued story. I, I mean, we're, we're talking 66 books and over all that period, and yet it is so linked together into one story. I always talk about the thread that runs from Genesis all the way to Revelation. A consistent story. It is God's story or his story. Uh, you know, here at the beginning, we could say, you know, we, we start there. When I say in the beginning, that's how the, the book starts in Genesis. But, but we look there where, where paradise is lost because of man's sinfulness. And then in Revelation, what do we see? But, but either, either uh, paradise restored or recreated. Uh, and, and that's God's intent. The whole story in between, hey, we're there. We're right in the midst of that. 
We could look at the history and see how God has, has worked uh, through history, choosing a nation for himself, establishing a covenant, and then watching, to our great benefit, a Savior come to bring about a new and incredible covenant that we're a part of if you're in Jesus Christ. Amen? Isn't that right? Uh, so that's the story. That's the scriptures that we have. And that is significant. That's the foundation that you and I stand upon. And we as a church have declared. Now, now why is that? Um, well, I'll, I'll get to that. No, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. Sorry. Uh, this is God's message for us. Uh, Romans 15, 4. I don't want to miss this. It's also listed uh, as part of that. And, and Romans 15 uh, Paul speaking to the Romans, he says in verse 4, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. The significance of that is to say that God, God has given us a gift in His Scriptures. As a matter of fact, I even believe that God giving His, his Word to us is also evidence of his great mercy, his, his communication, his, his desire for us to know and understand and, and to ultimately come into that relationship with him. It lays out the plan for us. It, it, it reveals so much, and it is worth our attention. Did you hear that? It is worth, worth our best attention, each one of us, as we come into that relationship with God and grow in that relationship with God. Now the second part of that, well, the second part of that statement is this. Uh, the first part says the, the scripture is the inspired true word of God, right? Now, upon that foundation, the Bible is the only source of the church's, uh, the only source of the church's authority. The Bible is the only source of the church's authority. The only source is important for us to put down. Uh, I, I think throughout the scriptures we even find evidence of this, that there are a lot of voices that are out there, even voices claiming to be from God. Uh, Jesus warned of wolves in sheep's, sheep's clothing, right? And, and then Paul came along and said, man, there are false uh, prophets out there, there are false teachers and leaders to draw people away from the truth, uh, or the truth of the gospel, to draw people away from uh, what God has revealed. And, and so what, where do we stand? It's important for us to know that we need to stand upon the scripture. And, and, and to say that, that uh, uh, when, when there are voices, because even today there are those who claim to be apostles, some who claim to, to be prophets, and there are messages out there that they are declaring that where do we go when we hear a message? Our authority is not someone who claims to be an apostle, not someone who claims to be a prophet. Our authority, the authority that we have access to, is going to be in the scriptures and, and the churches that hold to the scriptures to be our truth and, and, and the place where we find that authority. Um, now, I, I, just, just to move ahead, what is that authority? What, what is that authority? To say that God has, has given us this revelation. God has desired relationship with, with us. 
to be able, what? what to, to put him in his right place, which is what? He's God. He's God. He's sovereign. There is no other God but our God. There is no other God but the God of the Scriptures, the, uh, the Yahweh, the Jehovah of the Old Testament. Uh, the same God in the New Testament. There aren't two gods, one of the Old Testament and one of the New Testament. There's only one God, and consistently he reveals his holiness and his, his judgment, but he also reveals especially his mercy and his love for us through the Scriptures. And it's what we pursue. We come to this place of authority, and those who come into this relationship with him, uh, for us it's through Jesus, and, and, and for everyone, it is actually through Jesus that that authority is, is then given to him. That, that authority is, is his. Uh, absolutely, it's, it's God's. Later on, it says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. It's Jesus who has that authority. And it's given to the church. And it's through his scripture. That's what we stand upon. What, what do we do with that? Let's go back to 2 Timothy 215. 2 Timothy 215. I'm sorry, I lost my place there. Just a second here. 2 Timothy 215, where it says that that scripture is inspired. Ah, sorry, I'm on 1 Tim Timothy. That really messes up everything when you're in the wrong place. There it is. Uh, and, and, and verse 16, where it says. Uh, and, and did I get that? Oh, three, oh, I see what I did. 316, I'm sorry, yeah. Thank you for being helpful. <laughs> 316, all right. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for, for what? For teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. Here, here's the important part of why Scripture ought to be valuable to you because under his authority, seeking to come under his authority, living under his authority, and that's what you've agreed to when you uh, chose to follow after Jesus, that, that now, guess what he's going to do? Teaching, correcting, rebuking, training in righteousness, how important is the scripture? Not just to lead us to Jesus, but to show us how to follow after Christ. Perhaps, do you think one of the reasons why we, we don't like going through the scripture or kind of avoid the scriptures is because it's not always comfortable? Is it comfortable being corrected? Is it comfortable to come under a rebuke? But that's what the scripture does. When we're honest with it and we read it and we listen to its words along with the Holy Spirit that we've been given and we come to conviction. There is this humble place that every believer needs to be. Humble, first of all, because, hey, Jesus had to pay my price. Why? Because without Jesus, I am condemned. I, I am guilty. There is no excuse. There's nobody else to blame. But I deserve God's judgment. Right? That, I mean, that's humbly, that's where we come in Christ. And humbly, we continue to be. Right? 
by looking at his scriptures and reading his scriptures and applying his scriptures within our own lives, what does it do to us? It continues to work upon us, to, to, to teach us, to rebuke us, to correct us, and to train us up into righteousness. That's, that's who we are as a church. That's who we are as a church. We're, we're God's people following after Christ, being changed, transformed by him through his word, through his Holy Spirit. One of the things that, as a matter of fact, even as I prayed this morning, I, I came under, I'll, I'll be a little honest with you. Earlier this week, I got a little convicted because often we jump into preaching with failing to pray. Now, over the years, I've always asked you to pray for the preacher. Even people throughout the week, you know, I encourage, hey, pray for me. I'm, I'm working on the scriptures, preparing for Sunday. So there's a lot of pre-praying going on before uh, myself or, or Matthew or Eric or, or one of our elders or, or somebody else comes up to, to preach. There's a lot of pre-praying. I, and, and anybody who's, who's preaching, I know that they're praying. I mean, that's a big part of pre- preparation is prayer. But before I, I, I preach... Many times, man, what a, what a great place. Let's get together and let's go before God and ask that he's doing what? Well, first of all, that, that the guy who's done the preparation, he's handling it correctly. Matter of fact, uh, 2.15, here's where I got confused. 2.15, what does it say? Um, do your best to present yourself to God. Again, this is Paul telling Timothy. Do your, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. I do believe, you know, that's talking to Timothy, that one who, who is handling the word of God and, and how significant. And I do believe many of you have that opportunity as well as you mature and grow and have the opportunity to teach others. I don't think it's just for the guy up here. I do think it's for you as well who have the opportunity to handle his word and to spread that message to others, to do it correctly, to do it correctly. How important is that? So you're, you're two, two areas. I mean, one, one thing is that you are living and, and allowing it to correct and rebuke and train me or, or each one of us, right? But it's also that we are applying it and looking at it and, and attempting to, to understand the scriptures and, 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 of course, the combination of the Holy Spirit and the scriptures working together to, to fulfill what God desires in your life and, and how that's going to work outside. That really comes to verse 17 uh, of that passage. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That, that being equipped is being prepared, right? Is, is coming to maturity. That is where we are. Matter of fact, here's, here's kind of the final thought I wanted to, to, to conclude or, or get, get to today. And it's this thought. Uh, let us grow in commitment to God's word. It's this idea that we as a body all understand. That's why it's on a statement. That's why we have it here for anybody who wants to enter the church and, and check us out. And hey, do we want to be a part of this church? We want you to know that foundationally, what we believe about the scriptures. We believe this is God's word, his inspired word. This is God speaking to us, a gift from him. 
And this is where we receive any authority. I'm not the authority. I'm not the authority. Apart from the word of God, I have no authority. Apart from the word of God, I am, I, you know, matter of fact, if I walk away and speak things up front, you have permission to toss me out. Or the leadership, the elders in the church have every responsibility to rid yourselves of me if I begin to, to declare something that is untrue from the scriptures. Absolutely right. <laughs> and, and, and it is it is also the responsibility of the church that we continue to hold our teachers and, and anyone who stands at the pulpit to, to be declaring the truth of the gospel. Here, here is the focus of who we are. Uh, we exist as a church to foster the family of God. We know that word foster, right? We know that word foster. It means, uh, man, to do whatever it takes in order for those within our household to grow up into maturity in Jesus. We exist to foster the family of God. It is our desire that each, each one of us that's a part of this congregation, that's part of this family, is growing in their relationship with Jesus. It is, which, uh, what does that mean? Is it, well, maybe that means that, that we need to call out if, man, we don't see some fruit being produced. And maybe that calling out is simply coming up and says, well, how are you doing? You know, what, you know, are, are you struggling? And if you're struggling, how can we help? You know, if, if you're not in the word, what, what can we do to help? You know, how, uh, maybe I just need to do some encouraging. Hey, where should I begin? Or, or maybe it's that kind of conversation. One, one of the things I wanted to, to do today is just to encourage us together to go through the scriptures, to read through the scriptures. One of our encouragements every year is read his word. Read his word. You know, here it is, January 1st. What a great day. If, if you've not determined or if you've never read through the Bible in a year, and I, I, I know for a fact that many of you do. Many of you have done it maybe once or twice. If you haven't done it, you know, Begin again today. There's, there's numerous kinds of plans out there. I think the first plan I had was printed uh, from the college I attended, and, and I went through the print, every, every single one. And it was, it was, it was just beginning Genesis through Revelation. And it, it told me what, what chapters to read every day. It took about 15, 20 minutes. Uh, uh, the next time I, I did it was actually a, a method, Daryl Boston. Uh, he, he was the minister here when I joined, the guy I worked with. Loved him. And, and uh, man, it was, a, it was a man of God's word. Loved his word. And, and the, his method was to, whatever Bible he was going to go through, he, he looked how many pages and he divided by 365. You know, He divided by 365. Well, it was usually three or four pages. So every day, day he determined to read three or four pages, beginning Genesis. It wasn't that long ago that I finally did it chronologically. And, and uh, chronologically means more in the order that, uh, of time. So in history, there's a little jumping around. Job is definitely a different location than the poetry it is there. Uh, and and uh, different, different kinds of things. So there's different methods, different ways. So for those of you who've read through the Bible, what can you do different? How could you enhance it? How could you make it more special? Linda, Linda's uh, got an app, actually a Bible app. Uh, uh, oh, good grief. What is it? Bible Recap. 
Bible recap. And I know a number of you are going through that. And, and what a great tool. Because it not only shows you or, or, or instructs you what passages to read, but then it gives like a 10-minute or anywhere to 5 to 10-minute uh, little, little review of what you've gone through. Oh, what a great tool. Uh, so there's apps. There's, there's so much to your access in order for you to get into the Scriptures. Some might decide that, man, this year I'm just going to focus my attention upon the Gospels. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe in the first part of the year, I'm going to, I'm going to go through the gospels and maybe I'll, I'll, I'll maybe be more selective, creative, you know, where is it? Maybe you have lots of questions. Here's one last thing I want to, I want to uh, uh, talk to you about, and it's, it's how we do this together. Again, we exist to foster the family God that we do this together. That, um, I read a report, my son opened up and showed me a report from the American Bible Society. Maybe some of you are familiar with the American Bible Society since 2011 has put out a report, and they take a survey over our nation about you know, the interaction that people are having with the Bible. And it's been, you know, the results have been pretty consistent for the past 10 years, but over the, I think over the past year, actually 2021, uh, it it took a serious dive for those they consider to be Bible users. Now, Bible users are, are people who, who will go, turn to the Scriptures even, even as low as three or four times a year, you know, three, three to five times a year. So we're not talking, uh, you know, the, the, the I, I don't know, the, the, the gauge is, is not real high. But it was about 50% were involved in that. But, but it is... It had a serious drop in that, that year, 2021, of, of down to, 20, or to 39%, which was like 26 million people, considering about 26 million people, have stopped engaging in God's word. And, and that, that's trouble. I mean, that, that's not encouraging. And, and the, the one big factor, of course, was the pandemic where, where we were not gathering together. Churches, a lot of churches weren't gathering or our attendance had seriously declined over, even, even in the coming back. We, there's a number of people who have not been back uh, into in church. So, man, there's some things that have changed. And, and so this idea that, that the involvement in Scripture has serious ties with people coming together. Like-minded people who are connected to Jesus coming together and making a connection. I, I got to tell you, Thursday night, I'm loving the guys that I'm sitting down with. Um, and and uh, we, we've, we've opened the scriptures up. And I, I had so much fun Thursday night. We, we have an agenda, you know. An agenda means this is the track that we're going to go through. But, but we just got into our reading and almost wiped out the whole evening talking about things at the beginnings, you know, questions that, that we really cannot answer, but thoughts within the Scripture. And it was just fun. Uh, relationship building with these guys, with the Scripture right in the midst is something important to me, and I love it. The idea that we have the opportunity, this is, this is not, we're not here socially. 
That's not the overall, that's not our purpose, is that we could be social people and, and we could build relationship with people here. Here's why we exist as a church, is we exist because God has drawn us together. He has brought us together in Jesus. And there is a community. There is a relational part of that because we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And together, we grow. To, together, it, I need you to be a part of my life. I, and you need me. And, and you need each other. And in encouraging one another, praying for each other. Man, uh, reading scripture together. Challenging one another. Even the place where you build such a relationship that you could call one another out and say, hey, you know, where are you struggling? And you'd be able to share. That's, that's really what the church is. It is about the togetherness which we lost during the pandemic. You know, the, the coming together. And, and they really believed that that had a great deal to do with people uh, stepping away from the scriptures. At the same time, they said a lot of people, because of fear, were running to scriptures. That was happening as well. You see, I think we have a great opportunity uh, I, to, to love God in our, in our relationship, to love God, to love his word, and to do it wherever we go, outside this building, outside this building. See, it's not just about knowing his word and, and could quote facts and details like that. What it really is about is, is knowing and applying it and living it, out, living it, living his word outside this building, living it where you work, living, living it in your neighborhood and, and applying it. How, how important is God's word? If it, if it is that valuable, if it is God's message to you, what are you doing with it? <laughs> hey, whatever you do, don't wait till Sunday. Don't wait till Sunday for me to tell you all about it. Hey, invest in it every day. Would you? Invest in it every day. Take it. And you find those verses that are encouraging. Memorize it. Memorize it. Put it to heart. Quote it. May it be that continuous voice in you. The spirit within you thrives on the word that he had everything to do with composing and bringing about uh, for us. Again, here's, here's that uh, message. Scripture is the inspired true word of God and the only source of the church's authority. That's, that's who we are. That's what we believe concerning God's word. That is our authority. It is to bring us to maturity. And I want to encourage you that, that wherever you were this last year, man, if you were pursuing it, continue to pursue the scriptures. Uh, if, you've, if you've kind of fallen in that, I encourage you to make that part of your breath every day. I mean, essential part is, of breathing is air, right? The scripture ought to be like breath to you, you know, to, to take that breath every day and, and, and to, to build on it because that, that has a lot to do with your relationship with God. It's that communication. He has a lot to say to you. Are you listening? Are you investing in his word? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and thank you for this day. We praise you, Lord, for the gift of your scriptures. Praise you, Lord, for this day just to be able to, to, to 
go back to that encouragement of reading and applying Scripture. Lord, there is no other source uh, for us to turn to. There, there are no apostles today for us to listen to. There are no prophets, uh, Lord, like there were. Uh, but, Lord, what you've laid out for us is, is a message for us to declare. There are messages uh, within your word that gives us direction and purpose, teaching, even that correction and rebuking, Lord, those things that we need to hear and apply to our lives. We ask, Lord, that you strengthen us, guide us, and, and, and direct us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.